Professor Michael Baker, epidemiologist. G'day, Professor. How are you? Kia ora. Kia ora. I'm good, thanks. Good to hear. So we've got a very good discussion, a lively discussion underway here about, you know, um, the story that came out this morning, Mayor Jim Bolt of Queensland and your good self, suggesting if December 15 Aucklanders can travel, then it's probably safe to open the Trans-Tasman bubble. Have we got that correct? No, not exactly. Um, The only point I was making is that um, to be consistent, travellers from Auckland should have the same kind of restrictions as overseas travellers arriving in New Zealand. In other words, shouldn't just be able to uh, travel out of Auckland um, if you're, say, a child without any testing or if you're um, an adult um, just just being vaccinated, that really we should think about the, the sort of level of um, checks that we have on international travellers because someone travelling from Auckland may have a higher chance of having the virus than someone flying from Australia. So we should just put more checks and balances um, for travellers from Auckland uh, just to avoid um, them bringing the virus or taking the virus all around the country. What more could be done, do you think, around that? Well, the big thing with this virus is risk assessment and risk management and having a consistent approach. Um, obviously, when you're doing um, the elimination approach, we um, had a very low um, level of acceptance for any cases. In fact, we didn't want any case arriving in New Zealand. That approach worked very well. Uh, for 18 months, it really protected health and freedoms and the economy very well. But now we've changed our setting, so we accept now there is a risk of this infection throughout the country. Uh, it's particularly um, high, obviously, in Auckland. So we just need to do things differently. But at the moment, um, uh, the, the boundary we've got around Auckland, which we are going to open up, of course, in the middle of um, December, uh, we need to really work hard to make sure that the virus isn't taken all throughout the country immediately. We right. really want to slow that transmission. December 15th is a big date. Are you comfortable that those borders around Auckland be released for travel, for for vaccinated people, or if you've got that 72-hour pre-departure negative test? Yeah, well, look, it, it is not ideal, uh, and this is where the behaviour of Aucklanders and their responsibility is going to be really important. And I'm sure no one in Auckland wants to take the virus with them and um, deliver it to family and friends they're visiting around the country for Christmas and New Year. So if you're in Auckland, this is your chance to think, how can you not do that? Um, There will be a lot more virus circulating in Auckland. Uh, There will be very little virus in most of the rest of New Zealand, I think, by then, or I hope that will still be the case. So... Um, it would be just a terrible legacy if you go and visit people and you leave them with, with this virus getting sick and perhaps getting very seriously ill. On the rest of the country, 30 cases in the Waikato today. Was it right to move back to level two? Yeah, look, this is the problem. Um, in theory, the virus can be um, very effectively suppressed with the three um, measures we've got at the moment and of course the main one is getting high vaccine coverage that will really limit where the virus can go and the second one of course is still contact tracing and so if people um, have any symptoms you know going forward and getting tested that helps identify who's infected and the contact tracing can then um, work very effectively and of course the other the third measure is following those rules and that means really not um, being indoors with other people unless you've got a mask on Um, trying to shift activities outside. Just think, how can I stop 
sharing this virus around. Yeah, but moving Waikato down to level two, has that put the rest of the North Island at risk? Yeah, I think it does increase the risk for the North Island, and it will be important to watch what happens in the Waikato over the next few days, and, and particularly to see if we are seeing more uh, unexpected cases. I actually haven't looked at the detailed uh, results for today to know how many of those were unexplained cases. But if, if there's more than a fraction of those, there is a problem there. What about the rapid antigen testing, in your view, Professor? Because a, a number of our listeners are sort of saying, just get that thing underway, and then people can have confidence of getting together for social functions, Christmas meals, etc. Where do you sit with the rapid antigen testing? Well, it's got a place, and I think, uh, um, as you point out, if, if people are going to a, a meeting, maybe even a family get-together, uh, if they're going to, and, and this is in some workplaces and teaching situations, you may have the, the teachers and the workers all getting tested. Um, and this is even vaccinated people, and that's just a way of, of detecting those people that are maybe infected but not don't have symptoms, but they're still capable of infecting other people. Yeah, rapid antigen testing has been used widely overseas. Uh, I think it has a place here, um, and I, I do think that hasn't been really developed yet. Mm. What is the current situation, though, here? Is, some people say that it's been banned already. Is that What is the current situation? Well, I think you have to, you have to get approval to import mm. uh, these tests, and there are restrictions on that. I'm, I thought we'd actually moved on from that and we'd, we'd see more of, of um, rapid engine tests. And I think some companies have been given approval to bring them in. But actually, I haven't heard the latest on that. Yeah, there were a couple of big businesses yeah. that got it, main main for one, yeah. Yeah, that got in behind it. I, I guess, and look, I don't want to politicise this. I have I've really no interest because it's a pandemic and in some respects, politics should take a back seat. It's about public health safety, keeping you know businesses afloat and the like. Exactly. But there is some weird stuff going on, Professor. For example, I read a story you know, about schools going back. And of course, we know the vaccine mandate for teaching staff and the like, but some schools are now saying, yes, so their teachers have been laid off because they won't get vaccinated, but unvaccinated parents can roam free on the school grounds and go to school functions and end-of-year functions. That's That just seems harebrained to me. Yeah, look, I agree with you. I mean, this is where consistency is so important. Uh, admittedly, a teacher who's indoors all day with students is obviously a higher risk than a parent who perhaps turns up briefly. But, yeah, look, I agree. Uh, it needs to be consistent. Approach. Mm. A question by text says, Professor Baker, uh, do you support the government uh, in them keeping NMIQ at this stage for returning Kiwis until next year, or would you do away with them, says Kevin? Yeah, look, we, we did make some comments um, that were very specific to Auckland, and our view was that while Auckland had a, a firm boundary around it, and um, while we had, um, you know, over... Um, I mean, many hundreds of infected people um, uh, self-isolating at home, it would be better to use the MIQ facilities for uh, people in Auckland who are infected with the virus and where it might be unsafe for them to be isolating at home. And that um, travellers coming into Auckland, particularly those that have obviously been tested before they travel, uh, are fully vaccinated, tested on arrival, could isolate at home quite safely. So this would be advancing... Um, the government's agenda, which was that this approach would be phased in early next year. Mm. Um, this could happen now in Auckland, and it's mainly to free up those beds in MIQ. Yeah. This is not for New Zealand as a whole. 
we definitely don't, we can't have travellers flying in from overseas to other parts of New Zealand. It's, it's specific to Auckland. Right, okay. Uh, Professor Baker, you'll have heard about the Gibraltar scenario where they're over 100, they're 100% vaccinated and yet they're getting hundreds of cases per day. Why would that be? Well, this will be, I, I believe, because of waning immunity. Mm. Um, and they were probably one of the countries or um, areas, jurisdictions that was vaccinated earlier on. And we know that the protection against infection wanes over time. And after six months, you need a booster. And that's the policy in New Zealand now. Uh, I have to actually read more about that. But that, that was what I understood was happening there. Right. Okay. And the last thing, to, and thank you again sincerely for your time, mm. where, where are you going to be comfortable um, with the vaccination rate? 90% seems high to me, but I'm not in your profession. So where would you be comfortable where we go, OK, look, we're going to have to let people travel internationally as well as domestically? Yeah, well, if we get 90% fully vaccinated, um, that translates into 75%. For the population as a whole, yeah. because New Zealand has quite a high proportion of children under 12 years mm, of age. Mm. So that means the virus can spread very easily through the population. So that's the problem with that um, uh, milestone. And in fact, already we're going to, we get, we've seen parts of New Zealand that will get much higher than 90%. I think a lot of New Zealand will get up to over 95% of adults. But then the next big step is to start vaccinating children down to five years of age. And um, and combined with um, boosters, that would give us a very high level of protection. And the other thing that I think is also very important is we have to get Maori vaccination levels up. Mm. We just can't have Maori 20% lower because that's, that means they will be the ones who get the, the brunt or bear the brunt of this pandemic. Mm. So that's four things that I think we have to really achieve. And then I think New Zealand would have amongst the best level of protection in the world. But we've got quite a long way to go. Yeah. So in conclusion, if you were the Prime Minister, Michael, you wouldn't open the Auckland borders on December 15. Look, I would, but I would I would actually make it a much tougher barrier. That is, you've, you've really got to be fully vaxxed and you've got to have a negative test, at least one in your family, just to make sure there's no family members who are infected. Uh, because otherwise the, the, the kids, well, many of them will be infected because they, they're going to school and everything. And they'll go off, and of course, the first thing they do when they get to where they're going is they'll be playing with their cousins mm. and infecting them. And I just think it's it's got too many there's too many uh, holes in the the current policy, and it does mean the virus is going to go all over the North Island and potentially even to the South Island as well. So you're saying no? <laughs> oh no, I'm I'm the, I think people should should definitely. I mean, we, Aucklanders need to get out. It's just that we need a tighter level of controls on that. And, and that, this is only, after all, one step above what the government's currently proposing. It's saying uh, vaccination plus uh, or testing. I just think you need both because mm. that's what we do with international travellers. Mm. Professor, thank you again, mate. Always pleasant. And uh, you have a great afternoon and a nice weekend. Thanks very much. Same to you. <laughs> Kia ora. Professor Michael Baker.